My name is Andy Case, another football card quest, and you're listening to the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Content Network. Be sure to subscribe to all of our podcasts, including Sports Card Strategy, Hoops and Cards, and my show, Football Card Quest, dedicated to football cards, research, and selling tips. We're all working together to help you fund your PC and enjoy the hobby. And we live by the motto, there is no off-season. What's up, everybody? I'm Paul Hickey with NoOffSeason.com. This is the Sports Card Strategy Show brought to you by Graybo's Sports Cards. Graybo's Sports Cards is a local hobby shop owned by Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, and Duke Denny One-Time Dodson. They're located in the Arts District of Richmond, Virginia. Graybo's sports the best selection of raw and graded singles in the Mid-Atlantic and a wide variety of wax. Graybo's breaks on whatnot and or drip five nights a week. Listeners of Sports Card Strategy can receive a 10% discount from Graybo's on drip, whatnot, or their website at graybo's.co by entering the code STRATEGY2023. You can follow all of Graybo's news and updates on Instagram at graybo's underscore cards. Don't forget to get a free 30-day trial at NoOffSeason.com today to help you make money flipping sports cards, build your sports card investment portfolio, get unlimited advice from our experts, and take sports card school to navigate the hobby. That's NoOffSeason.com. Get your free 30-day trial today. All the data we use on the Sports Card Strategy Show is from MarketMoversApp.com. Use code NOOFFSEASON at MarketMoversApp.com to get 20% off for life after a free 14-day trial. All right, let's get to the Sports Card Strategy. Good morning slash afternoon, everyone. Connor Barnett here, head of content at NoOffSeason.com. It's a snowy day in Nashville, Tennessee, which is rare for us. Uh, and We've had a lot of excitement with uh, the NFL playoffs over the weekend. Just a lot of good stuff to talk about today. But before we do, Paul Hickey alongside me. How are we doing this morning, Paul? Let's go, Connor. We got some amazing sports card strategy content to warm all of you up on this cold, snowy winter day. Most likely, unless you're in some kind of tropical climate, it's probably freezing today so uh that's why we're bringing it we're bringing it hot let's go love it love it yep uh quick housekeeping before we hop into all of our segments for the day at nooffseason.com we have launched sports card school a safe place for noobs advanced flippers and high rollers alike to learn how to navigate the hobby and ultimately build a collection that increases in value get a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com today to start learning our guidelines strategies and plays that will help you make money flipping sports cards to fund your pc and other things in your life uh, we have filled our one-on-one sports card strategist package for January. However, spots will open back up in February. Uh, so get more information on this and see if it might be a good fit for you. Uh, be sure to email Paul. That's Paul, P-A-U-L, at nooffseason.com. This is a jam-packed episode today. Uh, we got a lot to discuss. We got NFL playoffs cheat sheet updates. We got uh, some rankings updates for football at nooffseason.com. Bill Belichick's out in New England. Saban retires. Uh, Trevor Lawrence card markets in an interesting position. There could be some opportunity there. Uh, we're going to get, we're going to hear from Dr. Crack, a crack and submit play. Uh, we've got some fantastic card shop owner features, uh, to watch and listen. 
uh, and some scams. Paul says to watch out. There could be a new sports card scam uh, and also possible new selling markers for specific NBA stars. And then we will wrap things up with the audience Q&A. So as you guys have questions throughout the show, be sure to drop them in the live chat and we will get to as many as we can at the end of the show. Real quick, let's give some live chat love. It's already jumping in the chat. We got Mr. T, a football card question. Thanks for being here, Mr. T. We got Ozzy Alvarez, Shane Graham, Martin Friel. Marty, glad you could join a live show. Sean G of AZ, Justin Stewart, Brad Smith, and Craig's Cards 11. Thank you all for being here with us uh, this morning slash afternoon, depending on where you are. All right, Paul, let's jump right into things. Speaking of giving some love out, I think you got a couple guys you want to shout out real quick and discuss. Why don't you go ahead and hop into it? Yeah, man, I woke up on Sunday morning and I got some love. You know, I had uh, some people texting me, emailing me and uh, DMing me on IG at Sports Card Strategy. Thanks to all of you who let me know that my guys, Jeremy Lee of Sports Cards Live and Iowa Dave Sports Cards uh, of the Shallow End podcast, were talking about yours truly, how great I am as a human being. How nice I am, actually, which very rarely ever happens. And uh, how great our content is here at nooffseason.com. And I love Jeremy Lee and Iowa Dave. And I want to give them some love right back. So, guys, without further ado, let's hear what the guys had to say about the Sports Card Strategy Show and our team here at nooffseason.com. Got it. Okay, yeah, I, I, was, I was just curious, curious about that. So that, 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 makes, that makes sense. Okay, so, so let's, let's get, get into, into uh, to some, some of the... Uh, some, some of the, the topics, topics you've gotten, gotten into, because again, again, this is where there's, there's good stuff. stuff. So, so I want to talk, talk about, about an episode you did with um, with, with Paul Hickey, and his his his, his podcast is called Sports Card Strategy. Strategy. He's um, as, as you mentioned in your episode, episode with him, he is all about sports cards as a way to make money. And a lot of people don't like that approach. A lot of people, you know, but you had a great episode with him, and I just want to get your thoughts on that, on that episode with Paul and sort of, uh, you know, some of the, some of the key, the key points, the key ideas that came out of that for you. Cause I, I do, I know your intro to that episode, you are very excited about this episode. It was, it, you thought it was really good. And I want to get from you. What were some of the key takeaways you had? Absolutely. And so Paul Hickey has become a friend of mine in the hobby and, and you know, they talk about opposites attract. He's somebody who is all about making money in the hobby. I'm all about just trying to have fun in the hobby. But what I love so much about Paul is that there's nothing fake about him. He's not an investor who's going to say, okay, I'm going to embed myself with the collectors now and pretend that I'm a collector. He comes right out and says, no, I'm here to make some money. Here's how I'm going to help you. But I wanted to bring someone different onto the show. And so we had talked. We had met at National last year. We had talked online as well. And so we just talked about things that we should be thinking about, even if we are just collectors, such as like the right time of the year to sell, right time of a season to sell, when not to sell. But the thing that really blew me away, the thing about that episode that almost took my breath away is when he said, as you think, as you start thinking about collecting, as you have this card that you really want, ask yourself, once you've got it, then what? And it's just two words, right? It's then what, or now what? And I didn't know how to answer him. But I had felt that before, this idea of this chase, like you're going after this card, you've got to have this card, right? And then you finally get it and you're like, all right, well, got it. Yeah. On to the next one, right? Um, on to the next one. And it, a lot of times the interviews, I, I hope other people will take something from it and they can help 
you know, influence their collecting, shape their hobby in some way. But that one really kind of wrecked me for a couple of weeks where I, I actually didn't buy for a couple of weeks because I was so much in my head about it. Like, okay, well, I really want to get this Otani or I want to get this Bo Jackson. And then what does that mean once I do? And should I even collect anything? Should I just quit the hobby? Because what does it matter? If the whole goal is to get a card and then once you get it, you're fine and you move on to the next card, right? What's the point? And because of that, it really forced me to take a closer look at my collection to not buy so spontaneously. Although I still do. I mean, impulse is part of this hobby, right? Sometimes we all just hit buy and then it comes, you're like, oh, that was dumb. Or you get it and you think, well, that was great. I'm glad I did that. But he did help me become more intentional with what I'm doing. And since that moment, I've been able to, to shape my PC in a way that I hadn't really thought about before. And so I, it kind of tells me that even people who come from the hobby from a different perspective than you do, and certainly he and I are on polar opposite sides of what sports cards are all about. But if you just open your mind and listen to somebody who, whose philosophy you might not identify with, you can still learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I love your open-mindedness to it. And I'm, I met Paul at the Mint Collective, uh, whether it was last year or the year before. Really nice, really nice guy. And oh, nice. I, like you, I do admire that he's just doing what he's doing and he's uh, and he's plugging plugging away and moving forward with it. And, and he's a very nice guy. Very nice. Lots, lots of energy. And he, he loves the hobby uh, for what it is and for, for how he approaches it. But I love the then what question. Now, you did another episode where you talk about the six. Yeah, kind words for Paul Hickey there from both of them, which I thought was great. There's also a lot of good takeaways from that segment. One of the things that I liked is uh, uh, Dave mentioned being you, he got from you to be intentional. Uh, and I think this is a big thing. And it's interesting to see how it relates or uh, it works for both PCers and flippers there. So for us, our intention comes from where's the sell marker, things like that. But uh, it is interesting to hear from him being on a different side of the hobby, uh, how we can relate to you, even if you guys technically are looking for different goals. Yeah, for sure. And I understand that sometimes people hear our show and, and maybe could be a little bit turned off because we do say that all we care about is helping you make money flipping sports cards. But the reality is the, the reason behind that is because we want everybody to enjoy the hobby. And it's up to you what you do with your money. You know, if you're PCing with your money, uh, putting it back into the hobby, that's great. We want you to enjoy it. And, um, you know, we want you to uh, be transparent and we like to be transparent with what we're doing. I mean, Jeremy and Dave, uh, kudos to them for being open-minded about somebody with a different perspective. And we're all learning from each other. We talk about that all the time uh, on the show. And uh, Mr. T, I love Mr. T in the chat saying, then what? You flip it and make money. That's what I'm saying. So uh, we just we just keep uh, growing the family here at NoOffSeason.com with open-minded people like Jeremy Lee and Iowa Dave sports cards. So uh, thanks again. It's it's a feel good thing when, when somebody, I mean, it doesn't happen all the time in life in general, let alone when you're creating content in this hobby to have somebody come out and, and compliment you and you don't even know about it. So uh, thanks to, to Homer sports cards, Mike LaCusta, the golf card collector, Oris Boyko, the sport uh, sports card professor um, for letting me know that they did that. And then I was able to go check it out. So uh, I, I do enjoy both of their shows as well. I just didn't, didn't happen to catch that episode live. So glad I was able to hear about it later. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. there. pretty awesome to, to hear about. Uh, we're going to hop into some NFL playoffs, cheat sheet updates. Paul's been grinding away 
uh, stuck in his cave working on that to make sure you guys know when to get rid of your prints. But before we do, just want to say uh, good morning slash afternoon. Uh, we got Barry Siff here. We got Hayden Atkins. Uh, looks like we got um, one Galaxy Germ, new premium member to knowoffseason.com. What's up, Galaxy Germ? Baseball card curmudgeon. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for right now. But, but yeah, Paul, let's go ahead and talk through some of the changes in that NFL playoff cheat sheet update uh, and why you made them. I tried to make updates to the cheat sheet throughout the weekend, and I was able to find that, you know, when the Dolphins came out in that, like, feels like negative 27 degree weather, I was kind of, uh, I was alarmed um, for Tua and Tyreek, and so I updated the cheat sheet to hold Tua and Tyreek. Um, you know, obviously in Sunday's games with the Cowboys getting absolutely slaughtered by the Packers. Um, I didn't see that coming. I updated uh, hold Dak and CD. Um, Connor, this is why I talked about, um, you know, I'm horrible at picking the results of games. And this is why I don't really hold many cards going into the big games. I try to liquidate um, but I know that many of you, met, you know, the, the majority, the strong majority, I, I would venture to say at least 75% of the overall uh, market that collects and flips football cards is holding for the playoffs to try to liquidate at the right time. That's what the cheat sheet is there for. So um, going into some of the cells, a little bit of a spoiler alert here because we will be sending out cell alerts later today at nooffseason.com. So for those of you who have not texted sports cards to one 3-3-9-9-2-5-7-2-7. Do that so you can get these sell alerts. But we're looking at liquidating guys like uh, Jordan Love. Listen to this. So Jordan Love in the last 24 hours, uh, 3,400 uh, listings on eBay and counting just in the last 24 hours. Jared Goff, 5,400 and counting eBay listings in the last 24 hours. And for those of you who are going to fight us on this, I know there's going to be a lot of you who are going to fight us. I'm probably going to get a lot of emails at paul at nooffseason.com. I'm probably going to get a lot of DMs at Sports Card Strategy on Instagram saying, why are you sent sending out a sell alert for CJ Stroud? Guys, we're not the only ones. 18,000 listings on eBay and counting in the last 24 hours only for CJ Stroud cards. Guys, this is why... We're here because we want you to sell at the crescendo, the top point, and then buy back in later. You're going to make a ton of money if you're holding CJ Stroud cards right now. This is the moment. Jordan Love, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud, sell them. Rip them down from the, from the buy it now or best offer. Relist them as auctions. More to come on the sell alerts. Much more to come tomorrow at nooffseason.com. Tuesday, January 16th will be a big day for the cheat sheet updates, Connor. Why? Because as of now, with some of these upsets, uh, we, we only know one game penciled in for the divisional round. So we don't know the matchups yet. We need to know the matchups. We need to know the game times. Uh, check out nooffseason.com tomorrow. We'll talk more about it on Wednesday's show. But uh, that's just a, a quick little preview of the cheat sheet. Um, for those of you who can access it at nooffseason.com right now as a premium member, I am updating it in live time. So go dig in a little bit more, see what I've got there. But again, some of it is waiting for the Monday night football games tonight. We had a game move from Sunday to, to tonight, uh, the Buffalo game against the Steelers. So that's why there isn't as much action in that cheat sheet yet. But good news is we're going to keep it updated. Of course, I just want to emphasize, you know, 
If you miss the moment on Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and Puka Nakua, and you're holding them, uh, you know, I think you just got to, it's tough. The moment's gone, honestly, because my Lions did pull out the win uh, by one point, but we'll take it. And I think you just got to probably hold till next season on a lot of these guys if you missed the selling marker, but a lot more selling markers to come. So keep checking out that cheat sheet. Yeah, a lot of good stuff there. One of my favorite lines that I've heard from Paul Hickey in a while, sell at the crescendo. Great line there. Yeah, get rid of those Jordan Love, Jared Goff, CJ Stroud, Prince. Question for you real quick. Uh, you mentioned holding Tua and Tyreek, holding Dak and CD. Let's kind of talk about uh, when they should be looking to potentially move them. I know we don't want to throw all four of them in a blanket, but if they got to hold right now and wait things out, when should they be looking next to try and sell these guys? Hopefully you bought at the right time. You know, if you've been listening to the Sports Card Strategy Show for, say, the last six months, chances are you bought at the right time because Dr. Crack, Lefty, you and I, we've been talking about buying all of these guys at various points when they were down in the market over the last six months. And if you listen to Football Card Quest, Andy Kaysen's been doing the exact same thing at footballcardquest.com and all of his content. And so if you bought at the right time, um, and you can go back and listen to those shows to find out what I'm talking about, but Basically, what I'm saying is you would have bought at a dip in the market to where the worst case scenario would be late August, early September hype. Now, Dak and CD, Tua and Tyreek, those guys are all proven, bona fide NFL superstars at this point. I know Dak is going to go through a tough offseason in the media because Jerry Jones, there's going to be a lot of hyperbole about the Dallas situation. Is Dak going to be replaced? There's going to be a lot of all that stuff, but... Hold tight, wait until late August, early September. There's going to be a lot of hype leading up to that time period. And you're going to have a selling marker in early September when the games start again because these guys probably won't play that much in the preseason. They're not rookies. They're already proven. So you're going to hold them through August and you're probably going to list them in the first four weeks of the NFL season. And again, if you bought at the right time, you're still going to profit on these guys, even though you might have missed a window here. So that's, again, what we like about sports cards as alternative assets. It's a little bit better than betting on the game. If you would have bet on the game, you'd be SOL already. But you're holding these assets as physical assets and you can still sell them for money if you're patient and list them in September. Now, there could be earlier selling markers because there's a lot of uh, off-season news. There is no off-season in the NFL. So there could be off-season news that spike various players. But I would say uh, first four weeks of the 2024 NFL season, you'll be good to go with these guys. Awesome. Fantastic breakdown. Real quick, shout out to Old Money, first-time listener. We also got Dr. Crack in here. I don't even want to know how much snow is in his driveway right now. Uh, we got Kaiser Rose, 1209. Um, and we've got a lot of switch-ups in terms of coaching uh, in the football scene. You know, Vrabel is out of Tennessee. Nick Saban retires. And the GOAT, Bill Belichick, is out at New England. Um, the only one that we really care about right now is Bill Belichick because uh, kind of got a sell alert for him, too. His 1991 pro set base in PSA 9 is up 134% over the last 14 days. It's traded 18 times in those 14 days. So if you are holding this card for whatever reason, uh, probably time to get it listed because the next time you see a sell marker, uh, it probably won't be for a while and it might not be of this magnitude. So just a point to make there. Um, let's go ahead and hop into real quick uh, the rankings updates for football at the moment. Um, 
with the with the postseason in full effect, you're going to see these changing frequently in terms of markers, where guys are sitting and things like that. There's going to be a lot of updates. So let's kind of roll through uh, the most recent rendition of the rankings and some of the changes. So we've added and shifted uh, some of our guys that have the NFL draft as cell markers, the 2024 NFL draft. That means Marvin Harrison's moved up. Uh, we've added Malik Neighbors. We've added Rome Adunes. Uh, Drake May has moved up into tier two uh, alongside those other 2024 draft peers. Aaron Rodgers has moved down, which Paul loves um, just because that cell marker uh, of him, uh, which was seemingly skeptical to return, did not happen. Uh, however, he does remain towards the bottom of tier two just because the pricing of PSA 10s for first ballot Hall of Famer uh, is such an affordable spot right now. Um, and he will have a he will have that sell marker when he does make his return next year. Kind of the hype cycle building up to see Aaron Rodgers hopefully play more than uh, four snaps. And then also we got Trevor Lawrence moving up towards the top of tier two. His graded card market is down 4.7 percent as a whole the last 30 days. And he's got 36 different graded cards down 30 percent or more over that time period. We're going to break down Trevor Lawrence and what you should be doing if you're holding him. If you're not holding him, Paul's got a great breakdown. So go ahead and jump into it, Paul. Yeah, I want to jump into my Trevor Lawrence breakdown here because he's a guy that ever since we started NoOffSeason.com as a sports card investing website back in 2021, um, he's been a guy that has been towards the top of our rankings. And now we're in a situation where the selling marker didn't really happen this year that we thought would happen. You know, he had a come from behind playoff win in the wild card round against the Chargers last year. And we thought, okay, you know, all signs pointed to T Law doing it again, you know, being in the wild card weekend in uh, you know, 2024 after after a, a good 2023 season. But you know, stuff happens. Uh and you know. Basically, you had a little bit of a slide in his market as uh, the Jaguars did not finish the season the way that they would have liked. You know, they they missed the playoffs after losing five of their last six games. And so what are we doing with Trevor Lawrence cards now? You know, people might be looking at nooffseason.com going, hey, Paul, you loved this guy. You told us to buy this guy. He was in the top five, top 10 of your rankings. What do we do with our Trevor Lawrence cards? So there's two of them that I'm holding. I'm holding a 2021 Optic Hollow Photo Variation PSA 10 and a 2021 Prism Black Auto PSA 9. The reason I'm holding those two cards and not any other Trevor Lawrence cards is because I did liquidate before the season started all of my other Trevor Lawrence cards just to mitigate risk. So again, that's been my sports card strategy all along with all sports. Uh, I hammer that home quite a bit as the Dave Ramsey of sports cards, of course, mitigating that risk. But um, I'm fine holding Trevor Lawrence cards. You know, he's still a great talent. He's in a, a very interesting division now because even though you have CJ Stroud, um, you also have Anthony Richardson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And so now all of a sudden, you know, even Will Levis in Tennessee. Uh, that, that's four teams with really nice, exciting young quarterbacks. And that AFC South that looked kind of like a dumpster fire heading into 2023 actually could be one of the more intriguing divisions in 2024. There could be some more national televised games with Trevor Lawrence potentially in them. I, I wouldn't panic sell Trevor Lawrence at all. Again, uh, he was injured 
the Jaguars did lose five of their last six games. They still finished with an above 500 record. We saw anything can happen in the NFL like we saw over this past weekend with the Packers winning. All it takes is for Trevor Lawrence to get hot at the right time, and those cards go bananas. He still has that high draft capital. Right now, uh, if you're holding Trevor Lawrence cards, I would definitely hold them keep them locked away until a safe in a safe place until September 2024 get hype about them in September and could you buy could you buy into Trevor Lawrence I think so I think there's going to be potential Trevor Lawrence buy alerts uh, again for premium members of nooffseason.com we go hard on those for you for the one-on-one -on -one strategist people uh, those spots opening up again quick uh, for for February so definitely Looking at, for example, his 2021 Prism Base PSA 10, which we don't love base cards that much, but this is only a pop 358. That's down 64% in the last 365 days. It's currently trading at just over $100. And nooffseason.com fam, this was a $350 card in August, September of 2023. So again, if you can snag this now, for around, you know, for even between $100, dollars $175, this card could still double, even triple, depending on what you buy it for in early September 2024. So I think Trevor Lawrence is a guy that I wanted to address because the strategy of teams not in the playoffs falls a little bit into going where they ain't, you know? And so uh, I, I'm thinking of Trevor Lawrence as one of those guys that I want to lean into in this NFL offseason. Yeah, totally agree. I feel like right now Trevor Lawrence's market in general is kind of at that sweet spot for buying. You mentioned uh, obviously not making the playoffs. He was he was a little banged up over the course of the year. He didn't have a very good year uh, in general. I believe 21 touchdowns to 14 interceptions, not a good year. Uh, his lowest QBR since his rookie season. Obviously, it's only year three. Um, but also, it took a lot for someone that was a big-time hobby darling to see a hit like this. Um, so to me, it, it could be a potential floor that we see uh, for a decent period of time for Trevor Lawrence. So I think it's in a good spot right now. Speaking of QBs uh, that we haven't really pitched as of late of buying, uh, one would be uh, Justin Herbert. Let's talk about Justin Herbert real quick, Paul. Yeah, I like what you just said about Lawrence being at a floor. I totally agree. And and so is Herbert, I think. I mean, Herbert could dip a little bit more into this offseason, but I think we're, we're, we're seeing Herbert's floor. He was also a hobby darling. Um, you know, a lot of people prospected on him even heavier than Burrow. And his 2020 Prism Silver PSA 9, you know, we don't talk about PSA 9s that often, but Dr. Crack has, you know, has brought up several times on some of our deep dives, some opportunities that you can get on PSA 9s. And, and so I looked at Justin Herbert, did a lot of research earlier this morning on him, and his 2020 Prism Silver PSA 9 is trading at around $200 right now. It should sell for more than 300 in early September, strictly on that early season hype. Also, his 2020 Contenders 104, number 104 rookie ticket auto, last sold for only $610 right after Thanksgiving. This was a, a 2.5K card, a $2,500 card in May of 2023. So, you know, picking and choosing carefully your Herbert plays, I think you can really make money on Herbert. We're going to obviously have more at nooffseason.com. But again, using a tool like Market Movers app and using the promo code nooffseason to save 20% uh, for life there, it's a great idea because you can do your own research. You can pick and choose your Herbert plays 
And I've never really been a Herbert guy. I've never really been a Herb. I've never really even owned a Herbert card, um, to be honest with you guys. But I'm thinking that, you know, this offseason could be the time when I acquire my first Herbert cards and then flip them just in that first four weeks of September again. So, uh, so Connor, just wanted to say a quick hello to George Scherer in the chat. We've also got a guy with a great name named Paul. Uh, so hello to Paul. Hello to uh, George Scherer. Um, a lot of great stuff in the live chat. Again, if you can't make it to the live chat, hit us up on the Discord. Go to sportscardstrategy.com. Click the link to join the Discord. DM me at Paul. Uh, sorry, DM me at sportscardstrategy on Instagram. Email me at paul at nooffseason.com. We want you to be part of the family. And of course, uh, youtube.com slash paulhickey. Subscribe to the channel. Drop a comment below if you can't make it in the live chat. Uh, Joe Reinch in the house as well. Another new name. Welcome, Joe, to the show. Joe Reinch feels like now is the time to buy on Herbert, announcing a new coach named anyone other than Staley will create optimism. You know what? We did actually have Duke Denny one time Dotson on the show a few weeks ago. He said the exact same thing. Connor, what do you think about Herbert? I... I kind of see, I like that you brought up uh, T-Law and Herbert in the same day. And I think for some of our listeners, they might be hesitant on buying either of these guys just because they're thinking, well, Trevor Lawrence has had three years to try to prove himself now. Herbert's had four, and neither of them have lived up to expectations. They're both uber talented, uh, but just haven't kind of met those expectations that have been set up for them. The reason really that they were hobby darlings to begin with. I'm not saying that I think either of them are going to be Patrick Mahomes in the next three years. I don't really care if they are or not. I care that right now their card market is down to a point where you can actually buy them. They're not uh, drastically overvalued relative to quarterbacks that are putting up similar numbers as them. So it's just timing the market right here. You can buy them now at a discounted valuation. No one cares about them right now. You got easy, potentially smaller sell markers like offensive coordinators, things like that for, for Herbert. Um, so I just think that right now you don't need to worry about how it's not speculating how good we think they're going to be in the next three years. Uh, it's just that you can buy them at a discount right now uh, and sell when that hype cycle kind of returns for 2024. That's right. For those of you who are new to the nooffseason.com family, welcome in. We talk about how to help you make money flipping sports cards. And I think we try to do it in a fun and entertaining way by focusing on value first. Um, rather than the banter. So I think we we like to go hard on the value, give you plays to potentially make, get your wheels spinning, because I think that's fun. And then we talk about it, and then we banter about it. And uh, Homer Sports Cards is in the live chat. Good to see uh, Jonathan. Jonathan is Homer Sports Cards. Homer is his dog. Jonathan and I met at the National in our hotel, and uh, we recognized each other. And uh, Shared a good little exchange. So so good to see you, Jonathan, in the live chat. Homer Sports Card saying, uh, Harbor, Harbaugh or Carroll for Herbert would be great. You know what? It's all about the hype, baby. And they would bring in some massive hype. So I'm with Connor on this. I'm with Jonathan on this. I mean, I think that, and, and of course, Joe Reinch in the live chat. I think we're all aligned here, but let us know what you think. Drop a comment below at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. We'd love to know what you think about Justin Herbert. So, uh, you know what, Connor? You like I mentioned earlier that there's a little, you know, Dallas is, you know, Andy Kaysen has proven in his his statistics. He does a lot of uh, social media aggregation of of statistics, and Dallas is proven to be the largest fan base in the NFL. And as a result of that, there's a lot of pressure on the owner. 
And when there's a lot of pressure on the owner, he puts a lot of pressure on the coach and the players and the per- like all the personnel. And no, no one's under more pressure right now than Dak Prescott after just absolutely getting slaughtered by the Packers. And so does this open up a little bit of hype for a guy named Trey Lance to potentially be resurrected from the sports card dead? He has 386 new listings in the last 24 hours. That's nowhere near the 18,000 plus listings that CJ Stroud has, but are, are people listing their Trey Lance cards perhaps because they're, they're seeing it as a selling marker for Trey based on some potential hype in the media coming up with pressure on Dak in Dallas. What do you think, Connor? I think that, I think that Dallas at some point has to realize that no matter how strong Dak Prescott can be in the regular season, that something doesn't work for them in the playoffs and they're going to have to move in a new direction. And there's only a handful of guys in the NFL that would make sense to kind of move towards in terms of talent, youth, um, and then and, and maybe would fit their system. Um, so in terms of we talk a lot about, uh, you know, our goats, our heroes, our flyers. This is obviously a flyer play. Um, if you're looking to hop over to a guy like Trey Lance, um, based on some speculation that he might move to a starting job somewhere. But uh, with where his market's at right now, I, I don't hate it. You know, I'm doing a lot of research on NFL flyer plays. And I wrote an article for Sports Illustrated that should be published this week. And it's going to talk about backup quarterbacks because we've seen backup quarterbacks getting opportunities. And when they get opportunities, their their card prices start to rise. And if they win in their first opportunity as a starter, their card prices spike huge. And so I'm exploring a sports card strategy that I'm going to reveal with you a little bit more on Wednesday's show, about 24, about 48 hours from now, about 48 hours from now, we are going to be revealing right here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey a couple different strategies to make money during the NFL offseason. One of them is going to be looking at backup quarterbacks. The other one's going to be looking at free agency. How do we make money during the NFL free agency period? So get your wheels turning, audience, because we are going to smash it about 48 hours from now on Wednesday, January 17th, right here in the feed. So I'm excited for that. Will Trey Lance be discussed? I'm not sure, but that's a little preview. Yeah, and a couple other things to mention uh, for Trey Lance that I didn't hit on. One, he's had some time this year to sit in that uh, organization and kind of see, well, learn the playbook, obviously, see how Dak operates and things like that, get a feel of the culture. So that could be big if he does get that chance. And like you're saying, if they win that first game, uh, those factors could be big on him winning that first game if he does get the chance. The other thing to consider is even if the Cowboys don't necessarily decide to move on from Dak and give Trey a shot, Dak's not necessarily the healthiest guy on earth. Uh, in terms of track record the last several years. so And that's something that, that you'll talk about, too, that I'm, I'm assuming you mentioned in the article, the amount of injuries that we've seen to starting quarterbacks uh, this year and then the last several years. So injury could lead its way for Trey to get into the door. Poor play could lead its way for Trey to get into the door. Fed up with Dak, things like that. So just a couple things to add there. Um, there's a lot of money, a lot of ways to make money in the hobby. One guy that finds a lot of different ways to do it is Dr. Crack, Chad Gill himself. Uh, so today we're going to, Get to hear from Chad uh, in one of his crack and submit plays for the week. Uh, Paul, you want to go ahead and let Chad take things away? Dr. Crack Chad Gill, basically, 
Um, shout out to you. You've got some amazing plays on your crack and submits and Dr. Crack's crack is back this week as you, you, here's what I want you all to do first. I want you all to picture Dr. Crack, Chad Gill in his cutoff hoodie, just absolutely plowing snow in his driveway for 15 hours straight this weekend. Just nothing but that Bill Belichick cutoff hoodie. And just smile as you as you think of Dr. Crack plowing snow up in Wisconsin for 15 hours straight this past weekend on Saturday. Nobody works harder than Dr. Crack. He's either flipping pigeons, flipping sports cards, or he's plowing snow up in Wisconsin. And before I play this video, I'm thinking... Something else related to Bill Belichick, Connor, that I just want to ask real quick. Is he going to go to Dallas? This, there's speculation there for sure. I've also heard speculation on him potentially going to Tennessee. But if he goes to Dallas, I mean, things get very serious because he's got all the talent in the world and he's the opposite um, of what they've got going on over there right now, which would be losing in the playoffs. He's, I mean, he's the most winningest. He's the winningest all-time head coach in the NFL in playoff history. So um, definitely would be good for the culture and would be interesting to see given the amount of talent uh, they have on that roster. I mean, Bill Parcells went there after New England. You know, maybe it's going to be Bill Belichick going there. Who knows? Paul Schmitz, Buckeye Dill in the house, says Atlanta. And uh, Boudini Cards and Comics, I'm going to drop Dr. Crack's IG for you, requesting Dr. Crack's IG. It is chalks underscore cards. That's C-H-A-L-X underscore cards. Check him out. But before you do that, check him out right here right. as he absolutely right. crushes it You're getting in this Dr. Crack's Cracks. Take it away, Chad. Value here. Let's go. The plays that you're going to be looking for here are to buy this card in an SGC 8.5. The most recent sale was on the first of the year, so just a couple of days ago. That card sold for $225. If that card goes to a PSA 9 from 225 Connor, to 525 over 2xing your money to go up a half a grade. If the card gets a PSA 8, you're talking about a $40 loss. So $40 loss for a chance at a $300 gain. That's a risk that you're going to have to decide whether or not you can afford. If you don't like that one, you can go with the BGS 8.5. This is the same play yet. This is not a different play. This is the same play, different card. BGS 8.5. This is a little bit harder to come by than the SGC 5, uh, 8.5. The BGS 8.5 most recently sold for $219. So about six bucks less than an SGC. However, that card, the most recent sale was back in September. That card only transacted three times last year, whereas the SGC 8.5 sold 15 times last year, about once a month. So a little bit harder to come by, save a couple of bucks, same type of play you're looking to uh, crack and go up to that PSA 9. Here's the second play that I found in this. In this, If you want 
an SGC 9.5. Most recent sale was on New Year's Eve. SGC 9.5 sold for $400. Do you want to know what a PSA 10 sells for, Connor? Now, we already know if an SGC 9.5 for $400 jumps to a PSA, if it if it drops a half a grade to a PSA 9, you go from $400 to $525, right? Do you want to know if it jumps a half a grade to a PSA 10, what you're going to get? What we got? 20 grand. That's some 20 upside. 20 grand. Now, the last PSA 10 sale was in June. This card only sold, in a PSA 10, it only sold three times in 2023. There aren't many of them, okay? But let's just say prices dropped 50% since June, right? So it's not worth 20 grand, it's worth 10. Cut it in half. Sounds too high, cut it in half. How's 10 grand for a $400 investment? Yes, please. I am actively looking for this card. This card is going to take some... Anything with that type of high upside, Connor, is going to take some effort. This is not something that you're going to sit down at your keyboard. You're going to plunk. You're going to spend 22 minutes looking up and, oh, wow, I found the card and you're going to buy it. This is a card that's going to take three to six months of preparation to find the card. But we're talking about going down a half a grade and making 100 bucks, or going up a half a grade for almost 10 grand. That's if it's too high, 20 grand back in June. This is an unbelievable play that you have to try. If you can find this card, I don't care who you are, if you can afford $400 and you can find the SGC 95, buy the damn card. I'll buy it from you if you don't have the 400 bucks. Find it for a card show. Message Dr. Crack. I'll Venmo the guy and you can mail it to me if you don't have the 400 bucks. This is a play I'm going to try and make this year. I'm going to look for this card because that would be a W, Connor. That would be a W. A BGS 9.5 sells for $544. So you would lose approximately $30 if it drops to a PSA 9 for a BGS 9.5. But again, if you could find a 9.5, true 9.5, BGS 9.5, true 9.5s to a PSA 10, my my records show 68%. I'm sure this is not a card that you're going to walk into any card show or pop online and find easily. But that type of profit, it's worth the effort. I had, I had to bring this one up. I know it's not the high volume that we're looking for. It's not the easy that we're looking for. But I just wanted to show people it is possible to get rich quick doing a crack and submit if you find the right card. And who better to talk about right now than the Minister of Defense, Reggie White, and his 1984 Topps USFL card. Dr. Crack going deep on that one love it connor what do you think here's my thoughts on why i appreciate dr cracks crack and submit so much today is a scenario where there's unbelievably high upside right and like you mentioned it's something that would take a lot of time to find you got to put in the work 
It's not something just laying around. Certainly not something you can do a bulk play on. However, the thing that I truly appreciate about Dr. Crack's crack and submits is his conservatism, conservatism, um, because he finds options where the floor is very high. The, the downside is so low and the risk tolerance, he has such a low risk tolerance in these plays. I feel like it, it kind of fits into our scheme really well. Um, all these plays. And even though this one obviously had massive upside, even for the ones that don't have 10 or 15 X upside like this one, um, the floors are just so, so much higher that you're not really uh, associating yourself with a whole lot of risk when you try to make these plays. Yeah. I learned that from Chad too. Um, early in 2023, he and I were having a lot of conversations. We were, we we're doing a lot of content for the sports card strategy show around cracking slabs and submitting. And many of you are asking in the live chat, do we have videos on this? Yes, we do. Um, let's talk about it in the audience Q and a section. I'm going to answer your guys questions about this because we have a lot of great resources at nooffseason.com. sports card school is where all of this stuff is housed, how to crack and, and, uh, how to safely crack your cards, how to submit them to PSA, uh, how to crack a bunch of different kinds of slabs and how to check the centering on it. There's all of that at sports card school. So you can go to nooffseason.com, get a free 30 day trial, check out sports card school. Also sportscardschool.com is a quick link there as well. But the punchline here that you're saying also is, is what I learned the hard way from, from trial and error, but also from talking to Chad is like, you need to pick a card that has a, a floor that fits your investment price. Otherwise, you could lose a lot of money. Uh, yeah, good good point there, Paul. I'll give you a breather real quick. Um, yeah, definitely agree with the, the analysis on Chad. Um, as we as we transition, well, Chad's just a fantastic human being all around. He puts in some great work for us. And if you're a listener, you got to appreciate. Uh, the effort that he goes through to find these plays for you. Uh, speaking of great people, that's one of the reasons I like my job so much is because being around you, Paul, uh, and the rest of our team, I've met a lot of fantastic people, and a couple of them we're going to hear from today. Up first being Jason Thurston. Uh, he's the single man singles manager uh, over at the collector store, uh, who is just a fantastic guy. We were able to run into him at a card show, uh, a local card show for us a couple of months ago, and he was awesome. Uh, so let's go ahead and... Uh, I was able to interview, sit down and interview him and kind of talk about what being the owner of a card store is kind of like, the upside, the ins and outs. So let's go ahead and hear from uh, Jason Thurston. Thanks so much for joining us today, my friend. Good to see you again. We met up uh, over at uh, a Nashville card show a couple months ago, uh, but it's good. Appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today. How are we doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, big, big release week last week with Prism Football. So been pretty busy in store, but doing pretty good. Good. Love yourself. We will hop. Doing fantastic, man. Things are good. good. We're excited for the new year. Excited to have you uh, on the Sports Car Strategy Show. As Happy well. to be here. Let's hop right into these questions. First, let's talk a little bit about how seasonality uh, can influence your inventory uh, and stock decision making in terms of what you guys are holding in the shop. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that goes into that, obviously, you know, liquidity is really important. Uh, and knowing your customer profile are probably your two biggest things. Um, we've noticed, especially now we're actually PSA certified, uh, for bulk submitters. And we're basically the only one in the area down to like Nash cards in Nashville and out to Kansas city, uh, all the way to the West. So what we've actually found has been really successful for us is actually going smaller and focusing more on what we can move locally. 
Uh, so St. Louis, like St. Louis SC has obviously been very good for us. The soccer team that we just got, uh, incidentally, we don't actually sell Cardinals really well. Uh, I don't know if that's ordinary for a lot of stores in the area, but we just don't sell them for some reason. We get a lot of people that basically like look and say, oh, that's a great card, but that's not something that sells for us. Uh, so, you know, looking at sales data, obviously what people are asking for, that's kind of how we became PSA certified was people said, Hey, we want to do this. So we did it. And I think, you know, one of the big things, and this is for us, and I think a lot of people I've talked to in the industry is a couple of sports have actually kind of died down. Uh, hockey isn't doing well for us at all. Uh, basketball isn't doing well for us at all. And I don't know if it's because both of those sports are focused on like one young guy right now in Bedard and Wemby, but nothing else is really selling. Like even in basketball, the big three have slowed down, you know, Kobe, Jordan, LeBron, they're not nearly as liquid or as high value as they were even, you know, six months to a year ago, not counting what they were at during COVID when everything was exploded. Uh, but that's basically how we've kind of geared our inventory in store, especially even with us doing shows is we still try to gear it towards what we can move here to just a random person that walks in the front door. And we still take that stuff to shows as well. And it's worked out pretty well for us. Love it. Yeah. Good stuff there. Uh, I guess target audience is a big thing for you guys, making sure up to date, keeping track of that sales data, like you're saying up next here, since we're talking about target audience a little bit, if you had to split your customer base between flippers and PCers, what would you guess that percentile looks like? So for us, it's actually overwhelmingly PCers. Um, it, it's maybe at most 20% flippers and 80% PCers. And part of that is because we've taken such a big focus on vintage lately and trying to cultivate that audience because most of those guys, like admittedly, they just, they're there to build their sets and that's it. You know, they're not necessarily trying to move on from it. And I think that that's another thing that a lot of show, a lot of stores could benefit from is, you know, when you have that settled customer base, we're like, hey, I'm going to spend 20 bucks a week every single week. That's a really nice floor to have because everyone's seen the whole market's down across the board. Uh, it's liquidity's down, value's down, everything. So being able to have a steady, like, vertical that you can be in at that time is super helpful. And that's been good for us. Uh, but there's also shops locally that, you know, a lot of their guys are flippers and they do really well. They've just had to operate on a lower margin than they did before. Sure. Yeah, it makes sense. I guess when you're when you're dealing with people that are more focused on uh, collecting, you don't have to take into account uh, people trying to make sure those margins are staying uh, at that same number, even with the market shifting and changing like that. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, this is a mantle in a good condition. Well, if I want it and I want it to be a copy I can hold, I'm just going to pay the number. That's fine. I want the mantle in that condition for my set. So that's super helpful. Up next, as a local card shop owner, what advice would you give to those sports card flippers trying to build their inventory? Keep overhead low for as long as you possibly can. Uh, I think, you know, obviously a lot of people got into it during COVID when it was easy. It, it just didn't matter. It was free money. And now people are starting to realize, wait, there's actually work involved in this. You have to try at this. And I think that's been a huge factor in a lot of stores closing. And I think a lot of people just thought things were going to be like that forever. And especially now in a downtime for the industry, keeping overhead as low as possible is the best possible thing you can do. You know, try to make sure the shows you're going to are low cost, local, drivable, or a show like Dallas. 
where, okay, I can room with one or two other guys and I know there's going to be enough money in the room that I can do well and try to avoid getting a brick and mortar for as long as you possibly can. Uh, because that's obviously the biggest overhead you're going to have. So if you're to that point where you think you can grow and you can do that, try to have a little bit of a nest egg there because things may go bad. Uh, you never know, hey, I'm going to open up in April. Well, then three months later, you're still waiting on some inspection to order or inspection to be made for you to occupy it. So keep your overhead low. What goals do you have for growing the hobby and how do you plan to do so? So I think one of the biggest things for me about this hobby is the community. Uh, I mean, it's something that, you know, I grew up doing with my grandpa and I've been into it since, you know, in the store, we get fathers, families in all the time. It's just a very, to me, community driven thing. And, you know, I've started basically, we now host the St. Louis Vintage Collectors Club meetings here once a month at the shop. And I think that one of the best things you can do is try to put that emphasis on the community because it's the most direct way to invest time and energy and have that pay you back long term because people see that they respect when you're transparent with them when you're like hey right. my number's bad here's why my number's bad i still get those people coming in every single week because they respect that like you're helping the community that's what we're here for because improving the community just improves it for everyone even other stores in the area get improved by what i do here with my local store we get improved by what they do and it's just, I think the best way to get a return on your time and money is just try to do as much as you can for the community. Love it. Get great work there. Prioritizing those relationships, uh, kind of building that foundation of people around you that you, it almost like you make your own community at that point. So yeah, love the it's answer awesome. there. Why are local card shops such valuable resources for sports card flippers? So I think it's, you know, honestly, a lot of times if you're a flipper, you may not be able to drop 50k on a whim uh to get something but you may have like three or four things okay there's this collection i want a few of these cards let me flip the rest of this collection to the store to get money back immediately without having to sit on it and wait for it to sell not to mention if you have some bigger cards that are harder to move and like look I've sat on this mahomes rpa for about six months it's clearly not going anywhere i want to get something out of it the store has the ability to purchase that for you from you and also just to provide you with information of like hey what are people in the area collecting who's really hot right now what are you moving and it's something that you know i i work professionally in the gaming side a lot longer than i have the sports side and that's something that the gaming community really emphasizes is like your flipper relationship with stores and vendors because it's the lifeblood of the hobby because it guarantees flippers have an out it guarantees stores have an out so if you get a little bit static in what you're holding, you have the ability to call up your regular flipper and be like, hey, man, I've got all this, you know, NT football that looks really cool in my case, but I'm ready to come off it now because I want some liquidity. So I think that's probably the biggest thing is that they really are so intermingled with one another that you have to emphasize that you have to be able to say, look, you know, if you're going to come in and buy, we're both going to make money on the deal and be happy with it. And I think that's a really healthy thing for a store and a flipper to have. Love it. Some absolutely phenomenal answers from Jason Thurston in about nine minutes Thanks. there. I got one more quick question to sneak in for you. You guys still hauling around Dak Prescott? Oh yeah, yeah. We, we actually, absolutely. we have the Dak Prescott, Walter Payton Man of the Year standee. We found from Elite a Walter Payton Man of the Year Dak Prescott card 
that now gets taped to his chest right next to the man of the year lapel. So yeah, we, we still take that around to all the shows. It's great marketing. Absolutely love it, Jason. Thank you again for all the time you took with us today. Bunch of good feedback for, there from Jason. We will be in touch, my friend. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Shout out to Jason Thurston. That guy's absolutely awesome. Go check out the collector store. Um, yeah, great answers and insight there. I think I think it's interesting hearing from, especially from our end of the hobby, hearing from the car shop owners, just because you get their side of the perspective. Um, and it kind of lends credence to why the relationships that you build in your own community uh, can be so valuable there. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why we wanted to start talking to some card shop owners here on the Sports Card Strategy Show is because they have a good idea of all the different personas in the hobby and they accept all the different personas in the hobby. You'd heard him at first talk about how they mainly cater to set builders and PCers, right? But then when you asked him the question, how can flippers benefit at local card shops? He came back around and said, hey, when you're set breaking, come bring in your the rest of the sets, you know, after you pull the singles out, bring the rest of the sets in because we'll buy them from you. Um, and, and you guys don't want them anyway as flippers, uh, you know, because people are trying to build those sets, right? So everything's allowed in the hobby. We don't want to judge one another. And you see right there where flippers like us and members of the nooffseason.com fam, like all of you in our audience, there's a place for us along with the PCers. And, and a lot of times flippers are PCers as well. So I think Jason did a good job providing value to our audience there. Great job on the, on the quick interview there, Connor. Uh, I really, I really like that. So, you know, we get, we got questions on the overflow show about, should I break this set? And I think now that's a strategy as well, where it's like, break the set, you know, buy a collection. If it's a full set, you can break the set, sell the singles, maybe get them graded. What do you do with the rest of the set? I think Jason just nailed that. Couldn't agree more with you, Paul. Uh, real quick, before we hear from uh, our man, Duke Denny, one time Dotson for another interview. Uh, did you want to touch on some live chat stuff real quick? Yeah, a couple things in the live chat. I want to give a big thank you to Mr. T for the super chat donation. Any of you who join the channel at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey can essentially make a donation to the channel and get some extra premium content. Mr. T has a question, uh, and we're going to answer it right now. We're not even going to wait for the audience QA. We're going to answer it right now because Mr. T came in with a super chat donation. So we appreciate that. He says, what's your take on buying Bowman Chrome now, grading and flipping during the draft and preseason hype? And Mr. T, I know this is a football-related question because I know uh, you are one of the football card questers, and we appreciate your uh, your donation here to the Sports Card Strategy Show. Um, I am huge on this. Definitely, I think based on PSA's recent turnaround time, you could go with PSA at a $19 bulk submission. It would be a little bit riskier to go with the $15 grading special because they're they're advertising a 50-day turnaround time on that. But if you look at the calendar, you should still get them back before the NFL draft. And so you're talking about Bowman Chrome U, buying them now, grading and flipping during the draft and preseason hype. Guys like Drake May is who I'm looking at. He's a little bit underpriced compared to Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr., but he's going to be a top three pick potentially. Uh, 
We've got Marvin Harrison Jr. right up there as well. We've mentioned uh, Rome Adunze, Malik Neighbors, and even Brock Bowers as guys that you can go get some deals on, Mr. T. So definitely the Bowman Chrome first would be ideal uh, for all of those guys, although Bowers is unlicensed, so you could even go 2022 or 2023. Uh, make sure you're, you're, you're getting after it in auction so you get the fair market value. And uh, there is much more of this at nooffseason.com, but hopefully I did a good job getting you that information right now on the Sports Card Strategy Show. Also, Mr. T, we did talk about this exact topic in a couple of our most recent episodes. So if you go back and actually watch, I think both episodes from last week really, really break this down for the 2024 NFL Draft. But those are the big names. Um, in addition to Caleb Williams, you know, Caleb Williams is the guy he's got 2022 bowman chrome firsts um but his autos and graded cards are definitely more expensive than the drake may the marvin harrison jr roma dunze malik neighbors and brock bowers i would probably stop there we like to keep a pretty narrow focus that's a lot of names but i think you could probably make money on all of those guys connor do you have anything else to add to mr t here during this super chat audience qa question I think you did a fantastic job of breaking it down. The only thing I would say is that uh, the football ranking is at nooffseason.com. We'll have links to the exact cards that we recommend you buying for these guys. I did want to take I did want to take things to, to an extra layer and kind of go a little bit farther into the question. You mentioned Brock Bowers, Paul, the licensed card versus the first card. What would be your distinguisher here in terms of trying to decide which one to get? Because would you be looking simply at, at uh, market valuations in terms of trying to find things that are discounted? Um, or do you think the license outweighs the first or vice versa? What are your thoughts? You've got a split market when it comes to these cards. And, and just a quick recap of who's in this situation. You've got Michael Penix Jr. You've got Brock Bowers. You've got Bo Nix. Those are the top guys who are in the situation where their first cards are from the 2021 release and they're unlicensed. And what that means is that you don't really know what college uniform they're in. It doesn't say the college. And so the reason why that type of card wouldn't hold as much value is because you're essentially like stiff arming the collectors of that school, that university, because that university is not getting any love on that card. And so you're limiting the amount of potential market size. Um, and so it has a little bit less desirability than the, the clear formula of like the Caleb Williams 2022, where it's licensed, got USC on it. It's got the first logo. It's Chrome. It's got an autograph. Drake May in 2023 has that as well. Um, so to your question, what do you do about that? You have to look at it like the market size isn't as big, so it's not as desirable of a card. It's not going to flip for as much money, so don't pay as much. Um, definitely make sure that you're looking at recent comps for that card and only trying to snipe auctions at the most recent comp of that card. Uh, whether it's based on marketmoversapp.com or another platform, just make sure that you're doing your research there. And I think um, just be a little bit more careful um, with those unlicensed uh, Bowman Chrome first from 2021. Now, what's interesting is for guys like Nick's, and Penix and Bowers, the 2022 cards, even though they don't have the first mark on them, with the school's branding in their actual uniform from their school, are really, really nice. And so you could even make an argument for paying more for those cards than the ones with the first logo on them. But again, 
I'm not going to make a blanket statement. I want you all to do your own research there and hopefully you'll be able to win with a quick flip. Phenomenal breakdown there. Um, we are going to hear from our man, Duke Dinny, one time dots and shout out to Graybos. Go check him out on Instagram at Graybos underscore cards uh, for another card shop owner interview. Uh, we'll go ahead and let thing, let uh, Paul take things away as he was able to get together uh, with Duke Dotson over this past week. Yeah, thanks, Connor. I wanted to talk to Duke because they've got a lot going on at Graybo's. Duke is a regular on the sports card strategy show, and I want our audience to hear from Duke Denny one time Dodson on all the great news updates at Graybo's sports cards. So let's see what he had to say. Hey, I'm here with our main man, Duke Denny one time Dodson from Graybo's. What's up, Denny? How you doing today, man? Mr. Hickey, I'm good. Thank you. Things in Richmond, Virginia are, are well, so I appreciate it. Great. Well, we just wanted to check in with you a little bit here on today's show to talk about what's going on with Graybo's right now. I know you've got a lot going on. There's there's the new store in the works, There's uh, and that's a whole experience. And then you recently dropped something on IG about Fanatics Live. Tell us about, tell us about all what's going on with Graybo's right now. Yeah, so we launched Graybo's almost a year ago, February of 2023. So we're almost a year old. Uh, we, when we launched, we launched a very small kind of pop-up like beta location is how we viewed it. We uh, wanted to start small so we could master just like the fundamentals of the business, valuing, buying, selling um, uh, card shows, wax, uh, breaks, just eBay, like all the different parts, the different facets of the business. So we spent that last year learning and we are in the process of, uh, launching our larger kind of bigger location, which was the plan the whole time, but we wanted to get our feet wet small first. So our bigger location, uh, we move into that. We're hoping for mid-March, late March. Um, so it's uh, right next door to where I am today. It's under construction. Um, it's going to be 5,500 square feet in total. The right side uh, is a baseball, basketball, football card shop. We'll do some Pokemon and soccer and all that stuff. And the left side is a sports bar. And it's going to be the two will like feel like one kind of cohesive business. Um, there's a lot of programming and things we'll do on both sides, whether it's trade nights, card shows, birthday parties, um, and other and uh, other ways where you can enjoy sports and get your feet wet into this world of uh, sports cards and collectibles. So that that's going on right now. Um, starting a card leading into your fanatics live question. You know, when we first started breaking, we dabbled on drip and we're on whatnot today and we do most of our breaks on whatnot. Um, but as a new card shop, by far the biggest challenge you will encounter is trying to get allocation. And what that means is like you can't in most businesses, like if you say you sell clothing, you open up a shop, you buy from a supplier, you sell to the customer, the supplier wants to sell it to you. And you mark it up 50 to 100 percent and you sell it to the customer and that's how you make a living and in the card world there's more people that want the product than there is um uh available product so they they divvy it out and they use things called allocation and you can't just get it you can't just get it because you want to you have to pay your dues and and there's several different avenues to get there but we're trying them all but with fanatics live if you they have a limited number of breakers that they allow to be on their site um but with that pretty much comes whatever allocation you want straight from fanatics like tops bowman right so that would conquer half the allocation problem for us um and so that we are doing everything we can to try to win this challenge to be one of the 10 breakers that they allow onto the platform and that challenge ends january 31st 
Okay, and we all love Graybos here in the NoOffseason.com community and the Sports Card Strategy Show. You're part of the family, so we all want to help you. We all want to help you um, not only build out your presence, but get that allocation. So in order to get that allocation, it helps to be in Fanatics Live. So tell us right here, right now on the Sports Card Strategy Show, walk us through the process of what we all need to do to help Graybos become one of those 10 breakers at Fanatics Live. Well, thanks for asking. And this is how you do it. So if you, this only applies if you've never made a purchase on Fanatics Live to be a new customer. So you have to download Fanatics Live app. You can go into any breakers shop um, and spend 20 bucks um, using our promo code, our unique promo code. And that's, uh, you can probably put this in your show notes and it's on our Instagram page. It's everywhere. If you look on our website, like it's literally everywhere. If you Google Graybos, you'll find it. Um, it cannot be an auction spot. So if you go into Fanatics Live, you pick a breaker. On the bottom right of the screen, you'll see a little shop icon. Click on the shop icon and find something in their shop around $15, bucks. Um, they're going to charge you like $5 for shipping. And so when you spend that $20 with our promo code, uh, Fanatics Live will give you the 20 bucks back, so it's free for you um, if you buy something around 15 And then if it's around $20, bucks, you are going to pay a couple bucks for shipping. Um, but then you'll, you'll get something for it. You'll get a break spot right, or, a, or a, a mystery pack or something for that $20. And the 10 shops that get the most people to do that by January 31st will get on the platform. So we, if you follow us on Instagram, we're making videos. We're getting the local minor league team to help us out or anybody that will help us out. We are offering it. So, uh, uh, and then once you do that though, here's what we're doing for the customers that actually do that. If you do it, shoot us a DM on Instagram with your name and email. So we can, cause fanatics will not send us a list of who's done it. We have to take your word for it. Send us that email or send it, send us your email through Instagram and we'll enter you onto a wheel. Um, we're giving everybody a promo code for graybos.co for next year that does this. Um, we are giving everyone an entry into a $200 gift card uh, wheel spin. <clears throat> so we'll give away that for sure. And then if we get onto Fanatics Live, we're gonna do a $5,000 break free of charge and we're gonna put everybody's name on the wheel, spin it 32 times. There's 32 people each get a team and we're doing a $5,000 break, including National Treasures and some other football products. Duke Denny, one-time Dodson, the team at Graybos, Gray Burnett, Ryan Fitz, Vintage Don, everybody else there, Cole, Seto, everyone else always brings the value, always brings the love. That's why we love them. We're all family. Help out Graybos. Duke, thanks for joining us on the Sports Card Strategy Show today. We'll see you again on here soon, man. As always, thanks for having me. And uh, say hi to uh, Lefty and Connor and Dr. Chad and the whole sports card strategy family. Give, give my love to those folks, please. Gotta love Duke Denny, one time Dodson, and all the family over there at Graybos. A lot of cool stuff that they got going on, a great update. I'm definitely interested in what seems like going to be a collectibles event center, basically, that they're, they're planning on setting up. That's something that I want to uh, experience in person for sure. But, Paul, uh, what were your thoughts from this interview and the, and the takeaways? Yeah, I, I've been telling people it's like a King's Bowl with a card shop inside of it kind of um ho hopefully that's what it actually is that's what i picture when i hear duke talk about it but i mean the number one takeaway here guys is like i think there's value in what duke is talking about i mean he's giving away free break slots and we don't talk about breaking as a sports card strategy um but i mean when it's free uh that's a whole other that's a whole other story so you know i think um we'd love to help Graybos get on fanatics live so uh, if you would be so kind, go back, rewind uh, that segment again, listen to the requirements 
uh, that Duke Denny one time Dodson laid out there to help them get on Fanatics Live. And then when they get there, they want to thank you. They want to thank our audience here at the Sports Card Strategy Show. So that was a, a couple of reasons why I wanted to check in with, with Duke because, man, uh, not only will that Fanatics Live thing be huge, but that new Graybos, like the King's Bowl with a massive card shop inside of it. A lot of good things to come there for sure. Totally agree. All right. Let's hop into some audience Q&A. We got a couple good things to, to touch base on today. If, we're, if you have a question that doesn't get answered, uh, head over to nooffseason.com. Sign up for that premium membership. You'll get access to ask questions for the Overflow Show. Uh, get a 30-day premium trial uh, where we answer questions to help you build your ideal sports card investment portfolio. Every Friday, they usually release early afternoon. If we don't get to your question, be sure to mention them there. Uh, but before, actually, before we do audience Q&A, Paul has a couple things that he wanted to discuss in terms of potential scams in the hobby uh, and maybe some additional selling markers to look at uh, if you're holding NBA prints right now. This has happened to me a couple of times and I wanted to bring it to your attention. One of the one of the ways that I have the most fun doing this show is by um, it motivates me to make more plays than I normally would if I if if I weren't part of this family with all of you. Um, because I, I like to learn and report back to you guys. And so I mentioned on the show uh, about a month ago that I bought a Wyatt Langford 2023 Bowman Draft first prospect auto raw. And my intentions were to get it, submit it to PSA, and turn it around for hopefully a profit upon call-up sometime in 2024. Unfortunately, what happened was um, the seller entered in a tracking number after generating a shipping label, but never shipped the item. And so it got me thinking, this is actually maybe the third or fourth time this has happened to me over the last maybe 12 to 18 months. And I started thinking, what if this is a scam? And here's how the scam works. You buy a card, and when you buy this card, and this is like a $300 card, the seller gets your money right away. But the assumption is that the buyers aren't just buying one card. They're basically buying a bunch of other cards and living their life and doing a bunch of other stuff as well, right? So as that happens, I think the seller slash potential scammer, now I'm not calling out this seller, but I'm, I'm thinking that this could be a tactic that we could categorize as a scam because as the seller collects the money, they're banking on the fact that, ooh, maybe the buyer will never even realize that they never get the card because they've got so much other stuff going on in their life. Or at least when it's above $250, it's got to go through the eBay authentication program. And when it has to go through the eBay authentication program, that typically adds another two to three weeks to when you would normally get the card anyway. So what ends up happening is you buy this card, you think, oh, I'm not going to get this card for a while anyway. And you kind of forget about it. Unless you're like me and you track everything in a spreadsheet. And unless you're like all of you, which you should all be tracking everything in a spreadsheet, right? And you should be checking your past purchases in your eBay account and checking the status and tracking the package and going back and making sure that you're not letting someone else hold your $300 for a long time. Now, what's happening here is I'm going to get my money back because I've already opened up a claim. 
and I'm going to get my money back. And that's why one of the main reasons I use eBay all the time for buying online is because I know I'm protected by the eBay buyer guarantee. I know I'm protected by it. So I'm not worried. I'm going to get my $304.24 back. But in the meantime, this seller has held that money. Now, the bigger dollar the card and you're holding that money, who knows? Maybe you put that in a money market account. You start gaining interest off of that. Now, if you scale this up, that could be a potential scam, Connor. So scam or not, this is something that I want all of you to be aware of when you're buying these cards and another reason to just protect yourself. And if you're, if you're buying on eBay, I want you to follow the process of if the tracking number hasn't been updated and the card hasn't been shipped to you, go back, let eBay know about it by opening up a request on that particular item, put that you want your money back and put a note in there. There's, there's an option. Would you? It says, would you still like the card or would you like your money back? Put that you want your money back and, and put a message in there that, you know, I ordered this on this date. I paid for it on this date. It's X amount of time later. I still don't have my card. You're going to have to wait four days for the seller to respond, but then eBay steps in. When eBay steps in, they will immediately refund your money. So I just wanted to bring this up. I'm not going to get my Wyatt Langford card. I'm going to get my money back. And I think this could actually be going around as a potential scam. Paul, absolutely love that you're giving our uh, the listeners just the wherewithal of, of being cautious. We're always avoiding risk, and we're not just doing it with our picks. We're doing it with where we buy from. If you are this seller and you're listening to the show for whatever reason, we're not necessarily saying you are a scam. It sounds like Marty Friel, uh, the Friel deal, has bought a handful of items. Uh, but definitely something to pay attention to if you are buying on eBay frequently. And this could be something where they're hoping that you just aren't paying attention. So love that you're pointing this out, Paul. Um, I know you wanted to touch as well uh, on some sell markers in the basketball realm. So I'm excited to hear what you got here uh, in terms of different ways to be looking to sell some NBA stars during a uh, – it's an interesting period if you're, if you're trying to figure out what to do with these stars right now in terms of kind of moving out of a lull, what markers are really going to make the card jump in prices, things like that. So uh, go ahead and take things away. A lot of audience members are thinking the way that I'm thinking right now. So props to our audience, props to the nooffseason.com fam. And, um, you know, people have been DMing me. And one one DM I recently got is about this Netflix docu-series modeled after the quarterback show. And it's reportedly going to feature episodes on LeBron, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Edwards, and Demontis Sabonis. And so I don't have all of the details as to when this is going to air, but certainly, Connor, we've seen things like this drive interest in athletes. We talk about athletes being in the news cycle and it driving more views on their eBay listings as people are reminded of them or they learn about them for the first time. They connect with them through Netflix documentaries like this, documentaries on other streaming platforms like we've seen it with Bye Bye Barry on Amazon Prime recently. And so, you know, the perfect formula here is there's already a guy that we have always loved, and he's in the middle pane right here, wearing number five in this photo, for those of you not listening, and that is Ant-Man. We love Ant-Man. We don't have many clear selling markers for him right now. And I'm not saying that you need to use this docu-series as a selling marker. Maybe it's a selling marker more for a, a guy like Sabonis or Jimmy Butler. Probably not for LeBron, Tatum, or Ant-Man, but certainly it's not going to hurt their card value. So something to monitor for sure. 
Definitely agree. And here's, you mentioned maybe not a selling marker for, for bigger names with bigger cards, but if you're holding maybe the wrong card of some of these guys and you see a slight jump uh, just based on, on hype for this docu-series or when it releases uh, them being in the news a little bit more, it could be a great time to kind of liquidize uh, those assets and be able to move into more stable areas. So definitely, if you're holding prints that maybe aren't the right card of these guys uh, and they get some good screen time and their markets see a little bit of a jump, maybe look to, to move out of them at that point. Uh, anything else to add, Paul? Are you ready for some Q&A? Let's get into that QA. Love it. Let's do it. All right. Kicking things off. We're going to start right here uh, with, it's not necessarily a question, just something I, I wanted to point out. Last week, one Galaxy Germ uh, was talking about wanting to, I believe it was Germ, that one was talking about how to be more disciplined, basically. Uh, and it was awesome because we had some other people in the live chat uh, kind of trying to jump in and trying to help them out, things like that. Uh, but Ger Galaxy Germ says, I took the money I have previously spent on wax Smart, smartened up with encouragement from this team to fight my impulse spying behavior and instead invested the money into a premium membership. What a fantastic message in the group chat this was. What do you think, Paul? Thank you, Jeremy. We appreciate your support and we promise that you are going to profit off of that much better investment in our premium subscription than breaking. You're going to make way more money off of that $225 a year on the premium subscription than you would have if you would have bought into breaks uh, or wax uh, with that money. So uh, that is my pledge to you, Jeremy. Thank you for your support. Love it, Jeremy. Pumped to have you as a part of the of the premium family over at nooffseason.com. Uh, let's head over to Ozzy Alvarez. We talked a little bit about Belichick this episode. It says, I own four graded Belichick rookie cards, pro line and pro set. Sell now or wait until he gets a new job? This is a good question, I think, Paul, because is him signing somewhere else going to give more hype than him leaving the Patriots? What are your thoughts? It would, but here's this is like a classic dilemma, right? Because you have a selling marker right now. His cards are up and he's in the news right now. What if, what if he just doesn't do anything and it actually is retired and just stays home? Now there's no selling marker that Ozzy's anticipating. And so, Ozzy, I love you. You're a big-time supporter of the show. All of us here love you. Lefty, Chad, all of us. We met you at the National. Hopefully we'll see you in 2024 in person at some point as well. But my advice as the Dave Ramsey of sports cards is to go ahead and sell now. Now do that understanding that you're profiting because this, this these cards are up. You know, at least the 1991 Pro set is. Not sure about the Pro line, but I'm I'm guessing you're probably going to be in a good, pretty good position to profit off of that. I don't know what you paid for these cards. I don't know. You know, it, you said they're graded. I don't know what grades there are. I don't have those details, but I know you want to get to the point. I think it's a sell now. I think you you risk his prices dipping the more time that goes by, and then of course. You could be leaving money on the table. So if you here's the here's the thing though, if you've got four of them, what I might do is pick the three in the lowest grades with the lowest prices, move on from those now, hold the one that's got the most value based on current comps just to see if he does get a bigger job and then he's he remains in the news cycle and sell it then. So my final answer Ozzy, sell three now, hold one. Absolutely love it. Hedge your risk here. Great answer there, Paul. All right, let's head over to Justin Stewart. Uh, took a W this week and traded in some lower-end cards slash PSA 9s uh, for two graded Shohei's at my local card shop. Um, I love this because um, 
Chad's talked lately about PSA 9s being a good way to make money. There definitely are good ways to make money on PSA 9s. By no means am I saying there aren't. But if you have some of the wrong cards or they're less valuable PSA 9s and you can liquidate them, liquidate them to get into guys like Shohei, uh, it's just anytime you can get into Shohei at a dip like you can right now, I think it's a good time. What are your thoughts, Paul? Yep, Shohei's the red guy. So great move, Justin. Simple answer. Shohei's an active goat. Many, many, many selling markers coming up for him. Uh, we've listed a lot of them out on the Sports Card Strategy Show recently, but let's just go ahead and, and list them real quick. Anyway, he's got the beginning of this upcoming 2024 MLB season with the Dodgers. Could see a hype rise there. What if the Dodgers compete in the, in the NLCS or the World Series? Potential more selling markers there. Potential MVP always. Big-time power hitter. What if there's a home run derby? in Shohei's future this year. I mean, th there's just a ridiculous amount of selling markers, performance, potential performance-wise. Then you've got the return of him as a dual threat in 2025. So let's say 2024 is a dud. That's fine. Shohei's market is enormous. The amount of interest in Shohei is enormous. I love this move, Connor. We can keep it moving here. This is a simple one. Great breakdown. Up next, our guy, Chad Gill. As we assumed, buried in the snow, in the snow with sub-zero temps. Need to think warm thoughts, says Connor's hat. Has me wondering, who are your picks to win this year's Masters? Uh, I, I plugged a couple nuggets in the chat, but real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit more of an in-depth breakdown on who I've got, uh, if that's all right, Paul. Go for it, man. I want, I want to hear it, too. All right. Pick number one would be Victor Hovland. We're talking about a premium ball striker that has been terrorizing the tour for the last year. And for some reason, he decided to figure out how to chip, putt, and get out of bunkers lately. So... Um, if he keeps if he keeps his short game at an elite level, it's going to be very difficult to for people to beat him. Uh, number two, obviously, is Scotty Scheffler. It's been uh, I don't want this to be a direct quote, but there's something like 90 percent of his last 20 starts. He's finished T10 or better, uh, which is a Tiger Woods esque statistic. There, just absolutely preposterous. If he gets the flat stick rolling, another guy, premium ball striker. Um, it looks like his setup for his putting is very different for his setup off the tee and with irons, and that's something that I've seen discussed. Uh, during tournaments lately so maybe if a setup change is put into play for scotty he starts rolling the rock a little bit better uh he's gonna contend um i also mentioned a flyer pick keith mitchell one of the best drivers in terms of distance uh and and being straight off the tee uh on tour he has a reliable butter cut saving golf fashion with his vintage fits absolutely love keith mitchell's game if he gets hot uh, and qualifies for the masters i could see him really contending out there uh, then uh real quick someone mentioned jordan spieth in a live chat marty Marty Friel, that's my guy. Uh, I didn't say his name because I, I wanted to not jinx him. However, you cannot bet against Jordan Spieth at the Masters. Let's go through his finishes since 2014 is when he started. T2, 2015, first place. 2016, T2, 2017, T11, 2018, third place. Uh, he's fallen off a little bit in 19 and 20, T21, T46. T and then in 2021, T3 again. Missed the cut last year, but he absolutely loves Augusta. His ball striking has been fantastic. He just misses so many putts within five feet that, that he scares me. But if he gets that figured out, which uh, should be a, a relatively simple fix, uh, another guy that's tough to bet on. So those would be my top four guys for the Masters this year. I'm excited. The Unicon bringing it strong with the golf knowledge. I think we are going to be coming to you at nooffseason.com with a strong Masters preview in terms of who you can buy now from a sports card standpoint to potentially profit with the Masters as a selling marker, I think it's time to do that because we're only a few months away from that hype and about four months away from that tournament. So, Connor, 
I think you're the guy to do that. I think you're the guy to write that article. So stay tuned for that. Phenomenal breakdown there. Great question as well, Chad. I think you got anything else to add for today, Paul? Or are we going to wrap it up? We're going to wrap it up, but uh, I did want to address a couple different things. So Paul, again, a new listener with a great name. This is not me. This is a different Paul. Does Dr. Crack have a video on how to crack or just search YouTube? Um, what I want what I want you all to do is go to sports card school and specifically uh, check out how to add value to your cards. So this is the video, how to add value to your cards. Uh, we talk about grading, cracking and regrading, cracking and selling raw, which can be a, a little bit of a controversial topic. Um, and that is, that is a, uh, that requires a free 30-day trial at nooffseason.com. So uh, sign up for that premium membership. There's also a video on nooffseason.com and right here at youtube.com slash Paul Hickey uh, called How to Crack Slabs, How to Ship Sports Cards. So check that one out as well. I'm going to drop that link in the live chat right now to both of those um, before the end of this show. But Connor, also we had a question come in from... Mike on Instagram, MR Woes. Um, recently got back into the hobby about six months ago. Have been consuming as much of your podcast as possible over the past few months. I had a question regarding prospecting. I find myself constantly debating and wondering if you could help me out. So this is baseball prospecting. Um, the $15 PSA promo is hard to pass up, especially since I know I'm going to grade the cards eventually anyway. However, from a cash flow perspective, it starts to feel like I might be better off waiting a bit longer and simply focus on grading the guys with expected call-ups in 2024. What I'm worried about is if I hold the cards and grade them later, I could possibly be missing other markers as well, which is why I'm waffling with whether or not I should just send them off immediately or not. What if they get called up early? What if they have a big game and hype spike early in the college season next year? I think football feels easier to wait knowing the NFL draft is still out there. Baseball seems to be the one that I struggle with more because the call-up could technically come at any time depending on performance. Any thoughts on how you handle this situation? Um, so he's talking, Connor, he's talking about baseball and football kind of combined in the question here. Um, so... I know I, I've, I've spoken to this quite a bit. Um, and Mike's obviously a new listener, so maybe he hasn't heard us. Uh, but he's going to be tuning into this episode. Uh, what advice do you have for him, Connor? I'm going to put this right back on, on you. Um, you know, what would you do in his situation? And then, and then I'll, I'll chime in and, and bring it home here. Yeah, sure. I guess... The first thing to do is to is to not blanket all these cards together, right? You kind of got to separate your your football and your baseball because they have different markers. Um, if you have guys that if you're holding guys uh, that haven't been called up for baseball, that's perfect. Make sure they're the right card. Make sure that those Bowman Chrome first, Bowman Chrome autos. Wait for the call up. Sign up for sell alerts at one eight three three nine nine two five seven two seven, and we'll tell you exactly when you should be moving out of those. Uh, in terms of the football guys, uh, it's just cyclicality for me and timing the market more so. Um, because I think that if you're relying on uh, speculation that some of these guys uh, entering, I think he mentioned, did he mention 2025, Paul? Is that correct? He did. He did. He mentioned 2025 and, and 2024 related to the baseball call-ups. Oh, for baseball. Well, for the football guys that you're holding, I think the play is, is, is timing the market more so rather than trying to speculate 
uh, on flyers and things like that and hoping that their performance is what boosts you. Uh, move the guys uh, when the market rises. Uh, the rising tide raises all ships. Just my thoughts. What are your thoughts here, Paul? Yeah, I think you nailed it. And and re related to the PSA grading part of this, I mean, according to you know myself, who's graded a lot of cards, I'm getting I'm getting cards back in 30 days. Um, you know, the special says 50 days. I tend to you know look at the calendar, and you know if you're gonna do it right now, Mike, um, you got plenty of time. Whether it's a baseball call up that you could sell in March uh with the hype rise of the baseball season we talk about that a lot um you're not going to miss any call-ups you're not going to miss any performance spikes if you go ahead and get those cards graded right now and then certainly related to the nfl draft you got plenty of time as well that's not till late april in 2024 and then for the 2025 guys we've been talking about shadur sanders travis hunter you know you've got 18 months <clears throat> almost 18 months there so i think you're in really good shape i don't think you're going to miss anything joe reinch in the comments and justin stewart both validating my uh, quick grading returns as well on their end. So a lot of great stuff on today's show, Connor. Uh, I think that about does it. So thanks to everyone in the nooffseason.com family, new or old. We love you all. Uh, thank you for supporting us. And um, if you are listening on Apple and Spotify, go to youtube.com slash Paul Hickey. And in the comments, I will be posting the links that I mentioned to how to crack those slabs. Connor, any any parting shots before I take us to the outro here? Expect that master's piece next week, uh, likely early in the week. I'm excited to get working on it. A lot of good stuff. Excited to see how the NFL playoffs roll out. Be sure to stay tuned for the sell alerts coming out this afternoon. Uh, we'll have exactly which cards you should be moving for the guys that we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, be expecting that cheat sheet to update throughout the week. Uh, if you're not a premium member, what are you doing? It's free for 30 days. You can at least see what we got going on. You can see where the value is and decide then uh, that you want to renew uh, to help yourself make more money flipping sports cards. That's all I got, Paul. Boom. Thanks so much for being here with us on the Sports Card Strategy Show. To connect with us further, please subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash paulhickey. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at Sports Card Strategy and on X at No Off Season Card. We also have a Discord that you could join at sportscardstrategy.com. Everyone, I'm Paul Hickey. For the rest of us here at NoOffSeason.com, have a great day. We'll see you again soon.